Yeshakach, Jeff, thank you. Chak Sameach, everyone, a good Yom Tiv. Uh, personal revelation, and I suspect it's true for, uh, maybe it's true for Jeff. Jeff, we're going to have a question and answer period here. <laughs> um, your favorite Jewish holiday? Pesach, why? Family? Family? Uh, Seder. Seder. Okay, all right. So uh, Jeff's face, uh, favorite uh, Jewish holiday is Pesach, as he has um, uh, elaborated for us. Mine? It's this one. Shavuot. Why, you might ask? Well, there's a few answers. Number one, it is, on some level, the perfect rabbi's holiday. It's about Torah, study. The only thing you need to do, you don't have to build a sukkah, you don't have to arrange a Seder table and go through the whole ritual of the Seder. All the things that I love, actually, by the way. But the greater of my loves is the love of studying. It is the love of opening a book that is, perhaps it's a year old, perhaps it is many thousands of years old, and discovering something profound and deep that I didn't know before. Or perhaps it's an idea that I had learned that I now see in a different way. The miracle of opening these books is the miracle of understanding that even though there are people who are no longer alive who wrote those words, when you open the book up, as Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik famously wrote, it is though those people are once again alive and they're sitting in your room and they're talking to you. That they may no longer be alive, but their words truly, truly are. So I love Shavuot. Number one, because it is short. <laughs> Number two, because it deals and exposes the very things that I love the very most. And that is the study of Torah, of books, of knowledge, of thinking, of ideas. The idea is that human life is both visibly and invisibly built upon. The other reason why I love Shavuot is because, well, when I was a kid, and sadly we can't do it this year, but when I was a kid there was a, there was a long-standing Jewish tradition on the first end of Shavuot of staying up all night long. It's called a Tikkun Leil Shavuot, where you stay up all night long and you study, and as the sun is rising on the following day, you would daven shacharit, you'd pray the morning service, have a beautiful breakfast, and then you would go home. And I started doing this as a child when I was eight or nine years old. And one of the things that they would do as a way of enabling you to stay up through the night, it's not an easy thing for a kid who's eight, nine, or ten years old to do, is to stay up all night, is that in between the individual learning sessions, that they would have stations of desserts. So from 8 to 10, we'd have one study session, then there would be some dessert. And then from 10.30 to, let's say, midnight, afterwards, there'd be another dessert. And as you made your way through the evening, not surprisingly, the quality of the desserts increasingly improved to the point where the last dessert station, which was around 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock, it was an ice cream bar. It had gazillions amount of ice cream and all the toppings and everything you could imagine and so as a kid my friends and I we would hang on by our fingernails throughout the night just to get to the to that ice cream bar a long-standing tradition of course in Shavuot one which I still love to this very day is the desserts and in particular the consumption of dairy 
And so for a few moments, what I would like to do is to give you an explanation, uh, a number of explanations as to why we have this custom of eating dairy on Shavuot. One custom, oh, excuse me, one explanation says that the reason why we eat dairy on Shavuot is because the Hebrew word for dairy, which is chalav, the numerical value of it is 40, which represents not only the number of days that Moses stayed on Mount Sinai to get God's law, it is also symbolic of the numerical time that the Israelites wandered through the desert. Another interpretation comes by, an, by a reading of some of the verses from Shira Shirim, from the Song of Songs, and it says that the Torah is like mother's milk, which is to say that as a child draws milk from its mother in order not only that it can survive, but that it can grow and mature to being a self-sufficient, autonomous human being, so too the Torah is that life-sustaining milk for ourselves. It gives us life. Ki it gives us life, and it also enables us to continue to live. That is why when the Torah is put back into the ark, we call it an Eitz Chaim. It is a tree of life. The poles on the side of the Torah, on each side of the scroll, are called Eitzei HaChaim, the trees of life, because we realize that living is a biological function. But finding a life is a spiritual function. Another interpretation as to why we consume dairy products on Shavuot begins with the story also found in the Torah. It is a story involving Abraham, Abraham, after he undergoes his conversion, his circumcision, excuse me, and he is visited, we are told, by three angels. At the time, he doesn't know they are angels. He thinks they are just humanly guests. And so Abraham, being the person of tremendous hospitality that he was, goes and prepares for them an elaborate feast. The Torah, in fact, describes what he prepared for them. There was meat and there was butter. It was a beautiful dinner placed out for these people. And the rabbis of our tradition later ask, how could it be that Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, how could he put forth a meal of basar b'chalav, of milk and meat. And the ancient rabbis answered by saying that Abraham didn't eat it. He prepared it for them only. One of the great bedrocks of Jewish life is the consumption of kosher food. One of the bedrocks of the mitzvah, of the commandment of keeping kosher, is the separation of milk and meat. The ancient rabbis look at that story of Abraham and the angels and they say that even the angels aren't worthy of receiving God's Torah because they don't keep kosher. But we do. The ability of choosing what foods you eat and how you eat them and in what combinations you eat them is a particular human activity. Humans eat like all living things do because we needed to survive. But humans beyond instinct choose the things that they eat. And that ability to make choices, 
is something that either ennobles or degrades human life. The ability to make choices either esteems us or it lowers us. One of the most important functions of any human being is the ability to make choices. And the Torah, and in particular the mitzvah of kashrut, is a cycle and system of honing our ability to make proper choices. Yes, indeed, we live in a world where people feel they don't have to make choices, that everything is perhaps available to them. But that's an act of diminishing returns. Just for example, open up your TV set and realize that no matter how many TV channels you have, it's never enough. The ability to choose the things that I will take and use is a critical tool that humans must develop in order to form richer and better lives. But I want to share with you the last interpretation, which is my most favorite. It comes by way of a theologian. His name was Philo. He lived in Alexandria, Egypt, about 2,000 years ago. Philo says, why do we separate milk and meat? He says, because the Torah, unlike many other religious documents, the Torah forever separates life and death. There is no mentioning of either heaven or hell in the five books of the Torah, which is surprising actually because if you're a religion trying to get people to do what you want, there certainly is few better tools and to scare people about their eternity. But the Torah never resorts to that. The Torah speaks about the here and the now. It focuses people on making the choices that will enrich and better their lives. The Torah doesn't dangle the elusive and seductive fruit of promising you something in yonder days. The Torah talks about your life in the here and in the present. And so Philo says, because milk comes from something which is alive and meat comes from something which is dead, we separate milk and meat to forever remind us that our faith is a religion that focuses on life as it is and then death as it is. And we don't mix the two together because religions that do mix life and death together, well, you only have to look at the images of planes slamming into buildings on September 11th to understand what the outcome of that is. On Shavuot, we eat dairy because we embrace the life that is in our hands. Chag Sameach.